Welcome to a Course in Miracles daily reading conference call where we read from the original edition of ACIM, which is published by Course in Miracles Society. Today we're reading from Chapter 29, Section 9, Christ and the Antichrist, Paragraph 52 to 60. And to access an original edition, please go to jcim.net and click the link at the right end of the menu bar that says Online Edition. Our call is Monday through Friday from 9.15 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And during that call, excuse me, during this hour, we each paragraph twice until we're finished with our assignment. We continue our workbook lesson practice where we remember when anyone is reading, speaking, or listening that they are the Son of God. And last, we ask that you mute your own phones by using your own mute function at all times unless you are speaking. Uh, so has anyone joined the call that would like to get on the reading list? Rob, is everyone listening? Hi, Rob. Hi. Sharon, take it away. Okay. Dear brothers and sisters, today we are asked what we believe an idol to be. I know they are elusive, and as I understand it, this keeps us from discrediting them. I hear Brother Jesus tell us that, quote, an idol is an image of your brother which you would value more than what he is, unquote. I am learning that in identifying with the ego, I have an investment in not knowing my brother, in seeing him as superior or inferior to me, to be envied or condemned, or condemned because he is enviable. I am also learning that an idol can be, as Jesus says, quote, a body or a thing, a place, a situation or a circumstance, an object owned or wanted, or a right demanded or achieved, unquote. It is a, quote, false impression or a false belief, unquote. It is something I long for that may come someday that will hopefully bring me happiness at last. It is information which has the power to bring respect or envy from others. <laughs> it is a symbol of status or a symbol of defeat. It is anything I am not and everything we are not. It is the thought of more, more anything that is desired or hoped to be avoided. Recently, the Seattle School District teachers went on strike. One day on the picket line, my school was joined by the union leader of the Seattle School District and his wife. She walked with me for some time. We discussed the fact that the district was extending the children's school day by 20 minutes without consulting with parents and our work day by 30 minutes and we would not be paid for the increase in time. I wondered with her why they believed students should be in school longer. Why, when especially children that are so young are so tired at the day's end as it is, we decided it was all about the belief that more is better, bigger, 
faster, longer, more work, more studying. But the result is less play, less free expression. In the case of children, less imaginative learning, less time to recoup, less time to just be. Thank goodness we were able to defeat this. We know that more is less. More is an idol. More can only demand more. So I am discovering that idols are anything that is not of the real world. I am learning to see how I hold fast to them. I believe they serve me in some way, confirming that I am the little self I think myself to be, assuring me that I am not as alone as I fear I am. At least least for a moment, while building up my self-esteem, but only for the moment. Then it's, it's false, if it could only be momentary, of course. They create a sense of safety and a temporary sense of fulfillment, but, of course, it's only superficial. Idols serve as crutches, pacifiers, distractions. It is anything I believe is, quote, out there. Brother Jesus, am I on the right track? What price do I pay by holding my idols dear, holding those I don't realize I have? You tell me the biggest price is my peace. I see that my idols cannot help but fail. They are artificial constructs that hold no nourishment for my soul. Therefore, if I identify with them, I am holding them as a block to knowing myself. If I identify with them, I am holding them as a block from knowing my brothers and sisters, from knowing you, from knowing the Holy Spirit, from knowing God. And so, yes, I see how I believe I am alone. And all of this is the purpose for which idols exist. Jesus, you remind us, quote, yet the light is there. A cloud does not put out the sun, unquote. And how is the sun revealed to us? It is a miracle that brings us out of this false and shallow world. I am seeing that through the miracle, I can call its bluff and see it for what it is. You tell us, quote, the miracle does not restore the truth. It merely lifts the veil and lets the truth shine unencumbered, being what it is. I'm seeing that an idol is simply a trick, like smoke and mirrors. It can only perform as long as I believe in it. You explain, quote, an idol is established by police. And when it is withdrawn, the idol dies, unquote. Every idol is a poor substitute for that which I truly seek. And in fact, it is no substitute at all. 
I do not need them. I have everything I could ever want because I have the deepest, most satisfying peace I could ever imagine right within me. I have a wealth of amazing love and celebration and is right here within me. Brother Jesus, please help me access this today. I know that a simple act of blessing anyone, like drivers heading the opposite direction in traffic, backed up for miles, blessing them brings me such sweetness. Please teach me new and lovely ways of loving today. Together, we can dispel those idols from my mind. I am willing. I am so willing. Thank you for walking with me through the day. I would love you to ask me frequently, Sharon, is that thought an idol? How do you feel? Is it bringing you peace? Is it bringing you connection? Are you happy? Will you do that for me today, Brother Jesus? Will you ask? I want to listen for those questions. I am willing. I am willing to take down the curtain and see what is really there. This is going to be a good and interesting day. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sharon. Uh, yeah, Amen. Thank you, Amen. Uh, thank you Amen. Sharon. Chris, this is Paul. If you need a reader, I can read. Hey, Paula. Who else is out there? Uh, Mary. Oh, hi, Mary. Okay, so listening, we have Bryce, Wendy, and Rob. And then reading is Lee, Sharon, Fran, Carl, Paula, Mary. Here we go. Section 9, The Christ and the Antichrist. 52. What is an idol? Do you think you know? For idols are unrecognized as they, excuse me, for idols are unrecognized as such and never seen for what they really are. That is the only power which they have. Their purpose is obscure and they are feared and worshipped both because you do not know what they are for and why they have been made. An idol is an image of your brother which you would value more than what he is. Idols are made that he may be replaced, no matter what their form. And it is this which never is perceived and recognized, be it a body or a thing, a place, a situation, or a circumstance, an object owned or wanted, or a right demanded or achieved. It is the same. Lee, 52 and 53, please. What is an idol? Do you think you know? For idols are unrecognized as such and never seen for what they really are. That is the only power which they have. Their purpose is obscure and they are feared and worshipped both because you do not know what they are for and why they have been made. An idol is an image of your brother which you would value more than what he is. Idols are made 
that he may be replaced, no matter what their form. And it is this which never is perceived and recognized. Be it a body or a thing, a place, a situation or a circumstance, an object owned or wanted or a right demanded or achieved, it is the same. 53. Let not their form deceive you. Idols are but substitutes for your reality. In some way, you believe they will complete your little self for safety in a world perceived as dangerous, with forces massed against your confidence and peace of mind. They have the power to supply your lacks and add the value which you do not have. No one believes in idols who has not enslaved himself to littleness and loss and thus must seek beyond his little self for strength to raise his head and stand apart from all the misery the world reflects. This is the penalty for not this is the penalty for looking not within for certainty and quiet calm, which liberates you from the world and lets you stand apart in quiet and in peace. Thank you, Lee. Sharon, 53 and 54. <clears throat> Let not their forum deceive you. Idols are but substitutes for your reality. In some way you believe they will complete your little self for safety in a world perceived as dangerous with forces massed against your confidence and peace of mind. They have the power to supply your lacks and add the value which you do not have. No one believes in idols who has not enslaved himself to littleness and loss and thus must seek beyond his little self for strength to raise his head and stand apart from all the misery the world reflects. This is the penalty for looking not within for certainty and quiet calm, which liberates you from the world unless you stand apart in quiet and in peace. An idol is a false impression or a false belief, some form of antichrist which continues a gap between the Christ and what you see. An idol is a wish made tangible and given form and thus perceived as real and seen outside the mind. Yet it is still a thought and cannot leave the mind that is its source, nor is its form apart from the idea it represents. All forms of Antichrist oppose the Christ and fall before his face like a dark veil which seems to shut you off from him, alone in darkness. Yet the light is there. I collect... A cloud does not put out the sun. No more a veil can banish what it seems to separate. 
nor darkened by one wit to light itself. Thank you, Sharon. Fran, 54 and 55, please. 54. An idol is a false impression or a false belief. Some form of antichrist which constitutes the gap between the Christ and what you see. An idol is a wish made tangible and given form and thus perceived as real and seen outside the mind. Yet it is still a thought and cannot leave the mind that is its source. Nor is its form apart from the idea it represents. All forms of antichrist oppose the Christ and fall before his face like a dark veil which seems to shut you off from him, alone in darkness. Yet the light is there. A cloud does not put out the sun. No more veil can banish what it seems to separate, nor darken by one with the light itself. 55. This one of idols is a veil across the face of Christ because its purpose is to separate your brother from yourself a dark and fearful purpose, yet a thought without the power to change one blade of grass from something living to a sign of death. Its form is nowhere, for its source abides within your mind, where God abideth not. Where is this place where what is everybody has been excluded and has been kept apart? What hand could be held up to block God's way? Whose voice could make the man he enter not. The more than everything is not a thing to make you terrible and to quail in fear. Christ's enemy is nowhere. He can take no form in which he ever will be real. Thanks, Fran. Carl, 55 and 56, please. This world of idols is a veil across the face of Christ. Christ, because its purpose is to separate your brother from yourself. A dark and fearful purpose, yet a thought without the power to change one blade of grass from something living to a sign of death. Its form is nowhere, for its source abides within your mind, where God abideth not. Where is this place where what is everywhere has been excluded and been kept apart? What hand could be held up to block God's way? Whose voice could make demand he enter not? The more than everything is not a thing to make you tremble and to quail in fear. Christ's enemy is nowhere. He can take no form in which he ever will be real. 56. What is an idol? Nothing. It must be believed before it seems to come to life and given power that it may be feared. Its life and power are its believer's gift, and this is what the miracle restores to what has life and power worthy of the gift of heaven and eternal peace. The miracle does not restore the truth. The light the veil between has not put out. It merely lifts the veil and lets the truth shine unencumbered, being what it is. It does not need belief to be itself, for it has been created, so it is. 
An idol is established by belief, and when it is withdrawn, the idol dies. Thank you, Carl. Paula, 56 and 57. What is an idol? Nothing. It must be believed before it seems to come to life and given power that it may be feared. Its life and power are its believer's gift, and this is what the miracle restores to what has life and power worthy of the gift of heaven and eternal peace. The miracle does not restore the truth. The light the veil between has, the light the veil between has not put out. It merely lifts the veil and lets the truth shine unencumbered, being what it is. It does not need belief to be itself, for it has been created, so it is. An idol is established by belief, and when it is withdrawn, the idol dies. 57. This is the Antichrist. The strange idea there is a power past omnipotence. Omnipotence. Let me say that word. Omnipotence. A place beyond the infinite. A time transcending, transcending the eternal. Here the world of idols have been set by the idea this power and place and time are given form and shape the world where the impossible has happened. Here the deathless come to die, the all-encompassing to suffer loss, the timeless to be made the slaves of time. Here does the changeless change. The peace of God, forever given to all living things, gives way to chaos. And the Son of God, as perfect, sinless, and as loving as his Father, come to hate a little while, to suffer pain, and finally to die. Thank you, Paula. Mary, 57 and 58, please. This is the, an- <coughs> excuse me, this is the Antichrist. The strange idea there is a power past omnipotence, a place beyond the infinite, a time transcending the eternal. Here the world of idols has been set by the idea this power and place and time are given form and shape and shape the world where the impossible has happened. Here the deathless come to die, the all-encompassing to suffer loss, the timeless, to be made the slaves of time. Here does the changeless change. The peace of God forever given to all living things gives way to chaos. And the Son of God has perfect, sinless, and as loving as his Father come to hate a little while, to suffer pain, and finally to die. 58. Where is an idol? Nowhere. Can there be a gap in what is infinite, a place where time can interrupt eternity, a place of darkness set where all is light, a dismal alcove 
separated off from what is endless, has no place to be. An idol is beyond where God has set all things forever and has left no room for anything to be except his will. Nothing and nowhere must an idol be while God is everything and everywhere. Thanks, Mary. Looking for a new reader for 58 and 59. This is Harrison. I can read. Thanks, Harrison. Where is an idol? Nowhere. Can there be a gap in what is infinite? place where time can interrupt eternity, a place of darkness set where all is light, a dismal alcove separated off from what is endless as no place to be. An idol is beyond where God has set all things forever and has left no room for anything to be except his will. Nothing and nowhere must an idol be while God is everything and everywhere. 59. What purpose has an idol then? What is it for? This is the only question which has many answers, each depending on the one of whom the question has been asked. The world believes in idols. No one comes unless he worships them and still attempts to seek for one that yet might offer him a gift reality does not contain. Each worshiper of idols harbors hope his special deities will give him more than other men possess. It must be more. It does not really matter more of what, more beauty, intelligence, more wealth, or even more affliction and more pain but more of something is, is, is an idol for. And when one fails, another takes his place with hope of finding more of something else. Be not deceived by forms the quote-unquote something takes. An idol is a means for getting more. And it is this that is against God's will. Thank you, Harrison. A new reader, please, for 59 and 60. All right, Lee, 59 and 60, please. What purpose has an idol then? What is it for? 
This is the only question which has many answers, each depending on the one of whom the question has been asked. The world believes in idols. No one comes unless he worshiped them and still attempts to seek for one that yet might offer him a gift reality does not contain. Each worshiper of idols harbors hope his special deities will give him more than other men possess. It must be more. It does not really matter more of what, more beauty, more intelligence, more wealth, or even more affliction and more pain, but more of something is an idol for. And when one falls, another takes its place with hope of finding more of something else. Be not deceived by forms the something takes. An idol is a means for getting more, and it is this that is against God's will. 60. God has not many sons, but only one. Who can have more, and who be given less? In heaven would the Son of God but laugh if idols could intrude upon his peace. It is for him the Holy Spirit speaks and tells you idols have no purpose here. For more than heaven can you never have. If heaven is within, why would you seek for idols which would make of heaven less to give you more than God bestowed upon you? To give you more than God bestowed upon your brother and on you as one with him. God gave you all there is, and to be sure you could not lose it, did he also give the same to every living thing as well. And thus is every living thing a part of you as of himself. No idol can establish you as more than God. But you will never be content with being less. Thank you, Lee. 60. God has many, God has not many sons, but only one. Who can have more and who be given less? In heaven would the Son of God but laugh if idols could intrude upon his peace? It is for him the Holy Spirit speaks and tells you idols have no purpose here. For more than heaven can you never have. If heaven is within, why would you seek for idols which would make of heaven less to give you more than God bestowed upon your brother and on you as one with him? God gave you all there is and to be sure you could not lose it, did he, also give the ver- Did he also give the same to every living thing as well? And thus is every living thing part of you as of himself. No idol can establish you more than God, but you will never be content with being less. Amen. Floor is open. Thank you. This is Sharon. This is, this is so funny because I was, um, as I was, listening again to 
I don't remember whoever read paragraph 53. It just struck me how ironic this is. So I wrote something down here. I believe I am vulnerable and little, powerless, alone, and so I create idols to make me feel strong, powerful, valuable, connected, and loved. So what... (laughs) What uh, what this brought to mind was the month when I finally realized that I was actually going to go to the New York City Course in Miracles conference. Immediately, I remembered when I had been to New York, to New York City um, like 25 years previous. Um, I was wearing bright colors, bright flowers, long dress, and I looked around and saw that. No one else was wearing bright colors. Everybody else seemed to be wearing black or something dark. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm sticking out like a sore thumb. I look like such a tourist. Everybody's probably looking at me and going, oh, my God, there's another one. So I had that association with New York City all this time. And so what I did was when I realized I was going to go to the conference, I went out and found a black coat, black dress, black, you know, I got myself new black clothing. And then I thought, but inside the conference, my brothers and sisters inside the conference um, might love me more if I wore another kind of clothing. So I bought other clothing for inside the conference that I thought I perceived might bring me love. <laughs> and it was, it was conscious, and yet it is so funny now. Would I do it again? Maybe. <laughs> but it's so funny what what my belief in what idols will bring me and just seeing it, it just makes me laugh. I love it. So uh, it doesn't make me not have idols, of course, to see this, but it makes me laugh at them a little bit more. Thank you. I'm complete. Hey, thanks, that, Sharon. Yeah, Sharon, that is so cute. Thanks, I love Sharon. that. Story. Thank you. That was great, Sharon. <laughs> Thank you, Sharon. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. Sharon. Yes, very neat. Hi, this is Ida. Good morning, everybody. I just got in on the last paragraph. Uh, I lost my Visa card, and I changed it to a new one. And I forgot that yesterday they were going to debit, automatically debit my old card with from my phone company, and so they didn't, and so when I tried to call in this morning, I couldn't. I had to deal with that first. <laughs> Just daily life stuff. But I heard that last paragraph, and I got into it online, and it's so beautiful. Of course, it made me want to, well, I want to listen to the recording. I hear you all reading the rest of it, too. But perhaps that last paragraph that sort of sums up that section is, in a sense, the most beautiful one. So here I am judging part of A Course in Miracles. <laughs> That's so funny, that whole judgment thing. But at least it's a happy judgment. Well, that's better than an unhappy one. And thank you for letting me share. And uh, with that, I pass. Thanks, Ida. Thank you, Ida. You're doing exactly what Jesus admonished his disciples to do. Do not lie nor do what you dislike. 
You're being yourself, and you should enjoy it. Done. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing what? And I yourself. You are being yourself. You are being real in the now. It's perfect. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I, I'm not going to dismiss that lightly. Because the truth being known is that it took me all this time in this lifetime pretty much to just forget to be myself instead of being so afraid that I had to try to be somebody else that people would like better. I felt that I had to. I I had to be different in order to be liked and separate, or not be different. I had to be the same as everybody else or whatever I perceived. We've all gone through that, I'm sure. But perhaps, for whatever reason, myself a little more with that, I really can't judge. But I'm just happy now to be able to be my real self uh, whatever that means, as it occurs to me in the moment, and know that I do fit in <laughs> like perhaps like a piece of the puzzle of that sonship of God, that one son of God that was just talked about. I am complete. Thank you, Ina. Thanks, Ina. Thanks, Ina. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Rob. It's strange when the idols start to appear that you were sure were not idols. But when you're studying the Course and you have heard that they have to be revealed, it ameliorates the strangeness and makes you happy that now you have discovered another thing that was keeping you from being the Christ. It's very satisfying. I'm done. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Yeah, this is Bryce. I just want to throw this out real quick, and then I'm going to save my longer share for later. But uh, it does appear uh, to me, and it's coming to my mind, that the unholy instant is the only time an idol does exist. It's never something that has any effects except in the moment that I make it up in my head. I'm complete. Roger that. Yeah, I like that. Thanks, Bryce. Thanks, Bryce. Thanks, Bryce. This is Harrison. Uh, 54 stood out for me. Uh, 
in terms of really nailing down what an idol is. It's any false impression or any false belief I have. And he goes on to say it's some form of antichrist which constitutes a gap between the Christ and what you see. Any false idea about myself, any impression of myself that is less than perfect, less than loving, less than godly, less than Christ-like, is an idol. It's placing a veil between who I truly am and who I think I am. I mean, it's, it's a shadow that I have purposely placed in front of me. And to undo that, undo that, all I have to do is to change my mind and accept, as the Course says so, so often, the atonement for myself, accept that I am as God created me. End of story. I don't have to be anything else for myself or anyone else. I feel like I've spent my life, you know, trying to please others, to please this idol that I have placed in front of who I truly am until I never get to see my true self because there is something that self-created that I placed there. The devil didn't do it. God certainly didn't do it. I did it. And just as easily as I did it, I can undo it. I thank, I, I thank God for the course, for giving me the prescription, the recipe, for undoing the idols that I create sometimes moment by moment, day by day over the years and I can undo it just with a single thought. I'm complete. I got Thank a you, funny Thank I got you, a funny idol story for Thanks, you, Harrison. Thanks, Harrison. That was great. I was on Okinawa. I didn't expect to run into one of my instructors. He and I 
he taught classes at Laredo where I was, but he ended up really wanting to get into the Vietnam War as a fighter pilot. So I'm out there on assignment in in cargo and drop airplanes, and I've gotten back from Vietnam, and I'm, I'm dressed up in my summer fatigues and got my hat on just at the right angle, and I'm walking past all the beautiful girls in a swimming pool going to go get myself a um, my favorite drink at the club, and I'm just grooving on the way I am and the day is and the girls are and the future in the club is, and all of a sudden... I am covered in beer. And a voice is saying to me, Hey, Zelke, how, what is it that makes you not look around? I taught you to be a fighter pilot. And it's my old instructor, and he has just doused me with a pitcher of beer. And all my idols of what I looked like disheveled, and all of my wonderful ideas of what a great person he was disheveled for a moment, and then I had to recover that and have the fun of the moment and go on in and say hello to everybody who watched the scene from the um, picture windows. It was a good idle drop. I'm done. Good and memorable. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Enjoyed that. Oh. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, Rob, I love it. That was a great story. Thank you. Good morning. This Thank is Rob. So what uh, came forth for me with, uh, within the, the dream of idols was the, you know, the biggest idol that is contended with and that is the idol that I am lucky separate from anything or anybody else that I exist outside of my perceptions of the voices on the phone the furniture in the room the thought of anything separate from me I love the lesson today when Jesus asked to look inside and the little ripples that occur oh this happened and that happened all these little idols of stories of what Lucky had experienced or encountered and then they give way to that which is watching to that which I am and only peace and joy comes from that it's just such a delight I love you of course uh, 
I've heard so many times, you know, you do the course and then all of a sudden the course does you a thought of this or that occurring outside anything. I work, I'm driving, who's driving, what's driving? Oh, I have some sort of illusion that a moment I am separate. I've set up my idol again. Stop, Lucky. Go back into the peace. Thank you. I'm complete. Nice, Lucky. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you babe. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, Thanks, y'all. Thanks, Lucky. It's Lee. Anybody else kind of cringe at the title of this section, Christ and the Antichrist? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I spent years kind of embarrassed that the term Antichrist would even turn up in this book. And then I had to, I had to figure out, okay, what's my resistance to the term? Well, so I've made my peace with the phrase. And it helps to have this uh, introduction to the phrase so that uh, when it comes up again in Rules for Decision, um, there's a little more background toward it. So this section is really about idols. Idols has everything to do uh, with the Antichrist. Um, This section and the last one has everything to do with idols. Yesterday's section used the term idols 20 times. This one, uh, more than that. So I think he wants me to understand what he's, uh, what he's delivering to me about an understanding of idols. He starts by saying, no one recognizes what idols are, and that's what gives them their power, that they operate powerfully when they're unconscious. What he wants, says is, so as with so many things, to bring this to light so that I um, understand what's been operating in the background. And do something to prevent that. Idols, the way he describes them to me in this section, refer to everything that arises that separates me from an awareness of my reality. The Course states over and over and over that I really do have the option of continuing to misunderstand what I am and from the light of my misunderstanding misrepresent what everything means or be directed by Holy Spirit to the memory of what I genuinely am, to the experience of my reality, and from the standpoint of my reality to be able to understand and appreciate your reality and the reality of everything as it is rather than as I had misrepresented everything in my misunderstanding. The first idol that he speaks of in this section was my having turned away from all that God gave me and made available to me as my reality to guide me across this life and world. When I turned away from that, I chose the idol of what the ego whispered to me would be more valuable than what I was given. 
having chosen that idol, I lost access to the light of clarity that would guide me through this life and world without the fear that ego alone has introduced, without the sense of separation that ego alone has introduced, without the sense of isolation and littleness. My choice to resist what God offered me as the truth and defend against the truth was my selection of the ego's version of the world as my first choice of an idol. Having chosen that idol and feeling now, instead of my grandeur and my holiness, feeling my smallness, my frailty, and my vulnerability, I then have to go about this life directed by the ego, trying to pick and choose those things that will beef me back up. Never recognizing the only need I ever had was the result of having chosen to turn away from all that God offers me in every moment of my reality and the recognition of everything as it is and how totally, totally safe in reality, my experience of this life genuinely is. When seen from the standpoint of what I genuinely am. So I chose away from the reality of what he offers me in clarity. I chose the idol that the ego represented and offered to me in terms of an alternate reality by turning my back on God. Having chosen that, I feel small and frail, and so I need look for idols to try and beef me back up. What a crazy, crazy loop the ego sends me into when the curriculum of this course says one thing and one thing only. Holy Spirit yearns to whisper all that's true about you and about everything, Lee. And in order to listen, you need only watch for all those things ego would direct you to put your attention and your value behind instead. Watch for those and turn back to what Holy Spirit wants to whisper in terms of the memory of all that you are, all that truly is, and the holiness of every instant given you across this wondrous life. Thanks, I'm complete. Thank you, Lee. Uh, Very nice, Lee. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so thank much. You that was beautiful, we said. Yeah, thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. How long have you been filling this course? <laughs> Just a little while. Thank you, Ayala. What? This, this is Harrison. You know, Lee, what I get from you is that any time I think of myself is less than perfect, less than totally happy, less than and and less than having everything I need. Any time I'm critical of myself, or even critical of anyone else, or critical of the world, 
then I am believing in idols. Because the truth is always the truth. And nothing stands in the face of the truth. So if I just embrace the truth of what I am, what the world is, that it is an illusion and not true of, of what the body represents, of what everything I see with my eyes represents. It all represents an idol that I have embraced. Sickness is an idol I have embraced. Age is an idol I have embraced. So anything that's less than perfect, less than happy, if I'm sad, I'm embracing an idol. It's a sure sign that I'm embracing an idol. If I'm excited about something that's going on in the world, I'm embracing an idol. The only thing worth being excited about is knowing that I have accepted the atonement for myself. That's worth being excited about. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. Great, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Yes. Yeah, Thank you, Harrison. This is... And, and not not forgetting to be aware that you are in a divine instructional environment. That's what my instructor and the beer were trying to tell me. I was in my own image at that moment, had attained a status that I had longed for in an idyllic mind, and I was brought back to the now, the earth, of if you want to be a pilot, then you have to listen to your instructors that surround you to make you a little better each time so that you pay attention and know you're in the beautiful, instructive environment of God's world leading back to him. I'm complete. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. This is Ida. Nice analogy. It's Chris. I wanted to... Um, Hi, Chris. Hi. This, this is a challenging one. I... I it doesn't seem to want to sink in, and I know it's my own resistance. So I'm struggling, and I won't even let my, I won't even allow myself to get quiet like today's lesson. Don't fear what, um, what is it, 3 Don't, I look at the, I'm not even willing to remember the lesson. I will not fear to look within today. Um, I'm, we're at the end of our lease, and I'm fearful of finding, you know, the next place to live in New York. And... I'm creating all kinds of drama and will and whatever. And it's showing up, right? We know that. But last night I was walking back from my office and cutting through Grand Central, and there seems to be an inordinate amount of brothers that are living on the streets in New York City today. Now, is, it because, is that an idol I'm looking at? 
That's my brother. Why did I not stop and help each one of them? I got so overwhelmed with being a human last night. And it's so, to me, I make it so difficult. And Rob, I love that example of I have a choice to see the joy in it. And for some reason, I'm not letting that in today or last night. And today I'm confused by it. So if anyone wants to help me shift, open my eyes to why I'm, I'm seeing only the separation, I'd be profoundly grateful. I'm complete. Fear. Very nice. I will not fear to look within. The answer is there. The answer is there. You know, I, I, I finally learned that it doesn't help me for others to tell me what the answer is. You know, if I figure it out myself, I have it forever. If somebody gives it to me, it's gone practically the minute I receive it because it's not there in my mind. You have the answer to your question. And the beauty of it is once you realize that answer, you not only have it for this particular situation, but for every situation. will not fear to look within today because that's where all of my answers lie. I'm complete. Beautifully stated, Harrison. Thank you. That's so true. Yes, thank you, Harrison. You yes, me. really. Thank you, Harrison. <laughs> thank you, Harrison. This is, this is Wendy. Uh, despite Harrison's advice, I'll tell you what... Uh, my spiritual teacher said to me that when you see yet another homeless person, say to yourself, there is a home for you. You're reminding yourself all the time, God is here, God is taking care of everything, and there's an appearance that there's homelessness, but it's only the appearance. And uh, you can... uh, counter that thought with a loving thought. I'm complete. Yes, and the idolatry of the world is what you're looking at when you look at the homeless. For if the idolatry of the world were not there, you would walk home in a world of Peace, love, and A Course in Miracles, and every other beautiful thought from Sufis to, uh, to uh, the mentalists. And when you are in the wish to help them, and you are in the Course, and you are with people that will help you change your mind to seeing this as a beautiful rising school that raises all the boats in it, then you'll know you're not doing nothing. You are doing something. The rest of the world has to come to that inner doing something, which is what I think Harrison means when he says the answer is within you. But we, being part of the Holy Spirit, 
will reinforce that answer within you. I'm complete. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Uh, it's Lee, and I just want to I just want to point out we have uh, about 18 people on the call, and I'm hoping we can go a little longer today and give some of those that haven't had an opportunity to speak the chance to say something. Carl, I know that uh, you were about to speak a little bit ago. Chris, to you, I just want to say thank you so much today and every day that you share so deeply what's going on with you and then um, open and open those arms in invitation that if, uh, if there's assistance in this community that you're open to it. Um, I'm, uh, um, I know that to be um, sometimes difficult and always um, always courageous. It took me a long time in my life to um, open to asking uh, for help, and uh, and I'd have to say that decision to ask for help was a life-saving decision for me. So I know the courage in that, and I appreciate you, dear. Thank you, um, everyone. I just want to finish this because. What everyone just said, Harrison, is just, especially what Harrison said, and Wendy, yes, that really helped, helped me to be less anxious about it. But the beauty of what you said, Harrison, is that what's showing up in my daily life is that my, my youngest daughter is so struggling with, with college issues. And I keep telling her every single day, the answer is within you, not me. <laughs> I get it. I just... I, I, it, this lesson's per, it's so perfect. I just today I'm not going to be fearful. I, I I commit to getting quiet and listening to my own self, my higher self. And Carl, you posted that beautiful um, quote this morning, and I'll and I'll pass it over to you, so that if you will share that with everyone, because it goes beautifully well with what we're talking about. I am complete and grateful. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. I love you. I love you. Right back at you. Thanks, Chris. Bless you. Bravo. I'll, I'll share. This is Carl. I'll share what uh, I posted this morning. It's, it's a quote from Carolyn Miss. The soul always knows what to do to heal itself. The challenge is to silence the mind. I thought that was... Uh, was beautiful, and I and I really enjoyed uh, uh, your share, Harrison. I, mean, I was just thinking about the same thing and, and and getting ready to say something similar. Um, because he says in fifty two, the second sentence, for idols are unrecognized, and and as such, never seen for what they really are. So, if that's the case then how do I know what idols I have? You know, and he goes on further, and he gives us a list. You know, a body, a thing, a place, a situation, a circumstance, an object, owned or wanted, or, or a right demanded or achieved. And, uh, you know, that's, that list, it's, it's great to read that list and... and uh, and you can kind of do a, a quick inventory and say, well, 
you know, this is an idol, this is an idol, this is an idol. But I think they can be recognized. This is my thoughts now. I think they can be recognized. You can recognize an idol because in establishing an idol, uh, it will eventually lead to some kind of suffering or pain because it disappoints you, because it's, it's not real. It's not the truth. So any time that you experience any level of suffering or pain, it can just be, it can just be, just, you know, it's like every morning I look in the mirror and I comb my hair. And I comb my hair the way I think it looks good. Okay, and if I go out into the public and the wind blows my hair, I'm not happy. Well, guess what? My hair is an idol. And you can go on and on and on and on. But um, I think it's when you can recognize an idol when you're not in joy, you're not at peace, you're not, you're not what, what is real, capital R, real. And, and I think that's the way you can recognize, I can, I should be using I, I can recognize the idols that I've established. I have to be, I have to be observant, but I think I can do it that way. I'm complete. Thank you, Carl. Hi, Ida. Thanks, Carl. Um, two things. I would, like, I would like to invite all of you on this call to become my friend on Facebook if you would like to. And my name is Ida Sorensen. It's capital A-I-D-A, capital S-O-R-E-N-S-O-N, Sorensen. Um, on Facebook, that's what I'm on. I think a couple of you are already, and that's great. And um, by the way, I, I, I feel like I can connect with you more in this world, even when I'm missing the calls or I have to miss part of the call or whatever. And the second thing, uh, which I feel impelled to say, is that I was homeless. A couple of times. Now that was in Tucson, where it's warmer than New York. I did not have to sleep outside. I, with the help of the case manager that I found, um, and my own fire self, you know, I found people and or uh, shelters to go to. But uh, you know, so I saw that situation from, from the inside out. And I talked with guys and gals who were homeless uh, on the streets. And one thing that I think most of them told me, a lot of them told me in any case, was that it was their decision consciously to live on the streets and not to have to pay rent and be in a quote-unquote apartment. It seemed like it's so obvious that one can feel so easily apart in an apartment. That's my experience. But um, with all of that, that's my time to say uh, 
uh, stop talking, let go, goodbye, or whatever. But I mean, listening, but like he said, have other people have a chance to talk. So I pass. Thank you, Ida. Thanks, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thanks, Ida. Thanks, Carl. That was great. Thank you, Ida. My name is Sharon Rings, Ida, and if I don't remember your last name by the time I get home from work, would you find me? R-I-N-G-S. Thank you. Find me on Facebook. Thank you. I'm complete. Happy driving, Sharon. Um, Ida, I don't know if you know, but there is an ACIM conference call group on Facebook that's closed. Um, I don't know. I think, Lee, are are you the admin? I can't remember. Anyway, but it's a great place to connect through the day. And also, there's a Skype group um, that once in a while we we pop on throughout the day. It's it's um, it's a quite joyous connection throughout the day as we go on. Let me know how I can help. I'm complete. Thank you, Sharon Rings. We can. If you're if yeah. you're if you're able to call for the after call, Ida, we can we can direct you to both those groups. Okay. Thank you, Lee. Sure. And Ida, if you get on my Facebook page, you're going to see my gorgeous husband, Lucky, who is probably still listening in the living room right now, or no, in the study. And um, he's the one that was talking this morning that people wanted to listen to, apparently, in the, in the uh, workbook call. So that's my babe. Oh, that's great, Sharon. Thank you for sharing your hobby with me. <laughs> Hi, Lucky. <laughs> I'm complete. Thanks. This is Bryce. Uh, real quick, uh, paragraph 57 uh, tells, uh, tells me where my delusions begin uh, in a power beyond omnipower. Uh, I give power to what I see, to what I hear. I am the one making idols by what I see in them by the power I give them. It says that that, uh, a little later, it says, um, an idol is a means for getting more. Uh, It says in 59, and it is this that is against God's will. Power, power, power is the thing I crave. But there's only one power, and it is all-inclusive in everyone and every living thing, this section tells me. What my mind does is separates a power and makes it real, and fears it. And I forgot I am the one doing that. I'm the one. 
who is the cause of my suffering by seeing something that is not there. Because I give it the power that it has. But I forgot. That's where the forgiveness comes here now, everybody. I forgot I did that. I forgot. I did it, yes, but I forgot I did that. But I can be healed right here, right now. I don't have to wait. I just let it go. I just say, no more power other than the one power for me. And that one power now I accept as everything I want. I let go of all illusions of anything else to help me but that one power. And then I'm free because I'm only going to one place for my answer. And that place cannot be affected by anything else. And that's what I need to know. I am forever unassailed within the power of the love that God made me to be, and I must know that at all costs of my peace. I am complete. Hallelujah, brother. Thank you, Bryce. Thanks, Bryce. Right. Thank you, Bryce. Uh, thank you, Bryce. Thanks for making a little room for everyone, Lee. I hope if there is anyone else, uh, we'll still give a little more time. Thank you. I'm complete. Well, if it's all right for everyone, let's go for let's go to a quarter of so we can hear from some new voices. Chris, do we have a closing lined up, or do you need someone to be looking for a, a closing? I'm just going to ask for if anyone had a closing. And for some reason, I'm having this uh, inside somebody saying, Anna, do you have something that you want to say? Um, I uh, was just particularly drawn uh, in my heart today um, to the end of 60. Um, let me see where I would like. It is for him the Holy Spirit speaks and tells you idols have no purpose here. 
for more than heaven can you never have. If heaven is within, why would you seek for idols which would make heaven less to give you more than God bestowed upon your brother and you as one with him? God gave you all there is. And to be sure you could not lose it, did he also give the same to every living thing as well. And thus is everything a part of you, as of himself. No idol can establish you as more than God. But you will never be content with being less. And at the end of that, my heart puts, so don't put your identity in idols, for they always die. And I am more than that. I am eternal, for I am the Son of God. Limitless. The guardian of the luminous waters. Thank you, I'm complete. Thank you so much, Anna. Beautiful, Anna. Lovely, Anna, thank you. Thank you so much. I really need to hear you say that one more time. Thank you. Anna, Anna, I've um, been asking for I've been asking Brother Jesus for a place in my mind to go to that was easily accessible whenever I have an idolic, fearful thought. And you just provided it for me. It's the experience that I had just now listening to you, your voice, your energy, your something that is indescribable that came through you is exactly where I need to go and where I get to go. And I hold that dearly in my heart today. Thank you so much. Yes. You're so welcome. I, I heard it all. too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love you. I heard it we too. <laughs> we love you. It's me. I'll try to be very brief. I realized that I had um, started my share with an introduction to the resistance I had to the word Antichrist and that I'd come to some healing about that. And so I want to see if I can uh, state this really, really uh, briefly. The, the, if I recognize today that everything that leads me to understand the truth of me, to be able to understand me as I am, to be given the, the blessing of being able to recognize you as you are from that standpoint to look out on everything and see everything as it is to let all things be as they are if that impulse is the call of Christ within my mind 
then everything that stands in the way that represents that veil or represents a gap between the Christ in me and what I see, everything that imposes or counters my movement to the truth and to clarity is some form of the Antichrist. Now I can take and reduce this charge around the term Antichrist and realize that he's talking about truth and that which is anti-truth. The recognition of my reality and there there is that which stands or is the anti-reality beliefs I have. My false impressions or false beliefs. Thanks, I'm complete. Very nice. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't even know how to say thank you to you, Lee. You give so much and so much your learning and your love um, together for us and for us who listen to it later on behalf of everybody and myself. I'm just very grateful. That's all I can say. You're very sweet, Ida. Thank you, dear. Amen to that. Amen. Thanks, Ida. I share that sentiment as well. All right, you gorgeous souls. I have kind of a cool closing I hope you'll enjoy. I think you'll recognize this. Some of the ideas you will find hard to believe and others will seem quite startling. It doesn't matter. You are merely asked to apply them to what you see. You are not asked to judge them nor even believe them. You are asked only to use them. It is their use which will give them meaning to you and show you they are true. Remember only this. You need not believe them. You need not accept them. And you need not welcome them. Some of them you may actively resist. And none of this will matter nor decrease their efficacy. But allow yourself to make no exceptions in applying the ideas the exercises contain. And whatever your reactions to these ideas may be, use them. Nothing more than this is required. There is a home for everyone. The soul always knows what to do to heal itself. And the challenge is to silence the mind. In Lesson 309, I will not fear to look within today. Amen. Hey, man. Thank you. 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 you. Thank 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 you. Oh. Hi. <laughs> right. Love you all.